0: Welcome to the Vineyard Northridge Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Dennis Kozlov. For more information about our church, visit our website at vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge. Good morning, church. Now it's official. And I just turned my computer off. What did I do? Uh, no. Uh, we are like entering in the best times ever, I think. Yeah, I met with my friend, a uh, pastor from Kentucky uh, yesterday in Cincinnati, and he he's like, he's the busiest f- like ever. He's baptizing people by dozens every Sunday. Uh, what I see here in this church is amazing. So it, it, it just seems like The worse the times have become for the world, the better they are for us, because we're different, and we want them to be different. Okay, I'll. I'll, I I need to start preaching very soon. I will start. All right, it's it's a great honor uh, to be here in the presence of you all and Shank, Phil Shank, and Shank couple. You know, I heard it a lot. How ironic is that? Is I live. I don't just live in America. I live in America. You know. I live. I live in the middle of the cornfields, like rednecks, big beards, cool. And in the middle of that, we have a church. And in that church, are like people who are taken from here all the way to Russia, not just to Russia, but to, to parts of Russia that even Russians are afraid to go to. We have money who is leading worship who comes from northern India. Southern India, you know, he, 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 you don't know the story of money. You know, money has accepted the Lord Jesus Christ and got disowned by his own family. If you, so, you know, he deserves so much honor for doing that. I mean, God brought us here. There's another Russian, uh, half-Russian family. There's a German-slash-British girl that makes announcements in, like, fun British accent. What's going on? We are different. That's what's going on. You know, the world was divided over how to build a classless society. We are classless society here. Isn't that cool? Only the Spirit of the Lord can do that. Well, I wasn't even going to talk about it. It just got inspired by Neil and uh, Phil. All right. Okay, calm down, Dennis. Take a deep breath. We're doing a series of messages on identity. Three messages. Neil did... Great job last Sunday. How many of you would agree with that? He was on fire. He wasn't even looking at his notes. You know, if you haven't been here, you haven't heard it, please, I I encourage you, I urge you, go on our website, listen to that message. Otherwise, it won't really be complete. So, three messages. First is an attempt, and I, I stress this, it's an attempt. It's impossible to give a full answer, but it's an attempt to give an answer to a question, what are we? And Neil did it last week. Today, I'll give my attempt to give an answer to a question, "Who are we?" And next Sunday, make sure be here because it's going to be a final message where Neil, again, will give his best try to give an answer to a question, "Why are we?" So it's a complete series, so make sure you get it, all right? So you know, in the light of scientific discoveries, Within the recent, within the last three centuries, humans discovered how vast this universe is, how amazing. I mean, no matter where you look, you took a microscope, you look in the little particle of the soil, and you will discover universe there, full of life. You will take a microscope and you will look up and you will discover like immense, immense space that mind-blowing and Mark was talking about it. But what happened is that when people drifted away from biblical revelation, they begin in the light of all of this, they begin to believe they're just a particle of mucus on a particle of dirt floating in an infinite space and that makes no sense whatsoever. That's why we desperately need to come back to the biblical revelation. And Neil helped us last week. He showed us actually that it increases your value. If you take the Bible and if you take the scientific discoveries and you join them, you'll go, wow. How great our God is and what a great value He attributes to you. Wow. Wow. Neil said that we, he showed us from the Bible that we are not just a particle of mucus and a particle of dirt. We are a crown of, the crown of God's creation. We are a diamond in the most beautiful ring that has ever been created. We are co-heirs with Christ Himself. So please, please listen to me, Neil's message. So why are we talking about the issue of identity? Because it, it, it is extremely important. It is extremely important. We, we operate out of how we view ourselves. And that usually formed subconsciously. You don't even know where you picked up all these beliefs that you have about yourself. Half of them you don't even register. That's why it's important. If you don't really clear up the issue of identity in the light of biblical revelation, you will be doomed to live A life of a miserable person who cannot fulfill what God has called him or her to fulfill are you hearing me that's why it's so important I have a little daughter five years old some of you know her Vika she she got me wrapped around her finger as you say but but uh, I read bedtime stories sometimes to her I wear night shift so unfortunately I cannot do it every night but those nights that I can I read and recently I've been reading those classical stories bedtime stories for kids And one of them is, of course, ugly duckling. That's you. That's a story about you. That's a story about me. If you don't, this little bird was born into the environment that screamed at him that something is horribly wrong with him, fundamentally wrong with him. He's a a weirdo. He's a freak. He's a mismatch. And he doesn't belong to anything. Until one day he saw beautiful birds, and then another day he saw his reflection. He saw who he is. And all of a sudden he realized he is part of this beautiful bird. I don't know, you call it pack or herd, or, you know, that's what needs to happen to all of us. We need to see who we are in Christ Jesus. Otherwise, we'll be ugly ducklings. An enemy loves for you to remain in ugly duckling state. That's why we talk about identity. I hope I made it clear. Okay, so where can we learn about who we truly are? Where can we learn how God relates to us? Because we need to really readjust our conception of ourselves with what God thinks of us, what God speaks about us, what God sees us. I believe it can only be truly seen in the, uh, in the gospel. Not just in the Bible, Bible is cool, but there is an ultimate revelation of who God is and who you are in the Bible. And that revelation, the Bible calls the gospel. By the gospel, I don't mean just the four first books of the New Testament. I mean the essential message that changed the world. And unfortunately, a lot of Western Christians, they believe truncated gospel. They believe believe something that is true, that is part of the gospel, but that's far from being the fullness of the gospel. So, and even today, I try to explain some of the aspects of the gospel. In no possible way I can exhaust the gospel. Paul said, I'm a minister of the gospel, and what I do as I minister the gospel, I minister the unsearchable riches of Christ. That's what the gospel is. In a nutshell, it's Christ. With all His inexhaustible, unsearchable riches that enrich your life. I'm getting excited. I don't know about you. I don't care about you. I'm getting excited. I'm preaching myself into frenzy. Right? No, no, no. Dennis, calm down. So, what is the gospel? The gospel is translated as good news. No matter what language you take, you usually the best translation is good news. News, by definition, is something that you're not aware of, but you need, to be, you need to become aware of. Something that happened. News is about something that has happened. Something that got established. Something that changed the order of things. Changed something very important, and you need to know about it. That's what the gospel is. And it's good news. It's not just news. It's good news. So whatever happened is good for you. Whatever happened is good for Neil told me, you know, I have a weird tendency to preach just to one side of the sanctuary. So Neil t- told me today, today I'm going to be sitting there. Phil is there, so preach to both of us. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to do that. I'm getting better and better. So maybe one day I'll start preaching in the middle, right? Okay, so the gospel is its core. Is a final and full revelation of who God truly is and who we truly are. The gospel has power that begins to operate every time someone believes this message paul said in romans chapter 1 verse 16 he said for i am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of god for salvation to everyone who believes so the very message is the very power of that god who created this universe to save every single person who would open up and receive this message. And his life will be transformed. That's the promise huh, of the Bible. So, But it's called the gospel of salvation. Salvation means there's something negative for you to be saved from. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch that side of the story. I want to show you something and you will understand me if you if you keep your focus and I know it's hard with me but if you try your best to trace my train of thoughts you'll realize why it's connected to the gospel so let's come back to the beginning of a bad news before we get a new good news before there's a good news about your salvation there's a bad news about your fall. please take note That the gospel does not start with bad news. Gospel is eternal. Gospel, I mean, if sin, just hypothetically, if sin has has never happened, gospel would still be there for you. You know why? Because the gospel has something to do with the heart of the Father. The gospel has something to do with who God is. God is good. God is love. He is love within Himself. Gospel has a revelation of Trinity. Eternal fellowship of love not deprived of anything the fullness of life energy power goodness of God is already there in eternity God is never alone He is love, and He is so full of this love that He wants to share this love. He wants to extend this love. He wants this love to fill the universe that hasn't been created yet. That's why He creates the universe, and you are the very focal point, the recipient of that, to become the participant of that. That is the gospel. I mean, if you try to describe the gospel, but I'm talking about the salvation, the message of salvation. What are we saved from? So let's come back to the beginning of the story, Genesis 3. Genesis 3, beginning from verse 3. Theologians call it the story of the fall of human race. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God has made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, Oh, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of that tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. Knowing good and evil. So, when the woman saw the tree, that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate it. And she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both were opened. And they knew that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loinclothes. That's the beginning. It, it, it's amazing how much is, is there, compressed. So I'll unpack a little bit of it, but we can go for months just unpacking this story. But just a little bit for you to understand something that has to do with your identity. And before I even start doing that, two side notes: Satan works like that today. He's smooth. He's not. He he usually doesn't come in a very imposing way. He's an unimposing. You know, he's coming in a small shape or form smooth operator, and he begins to raise questions. He begins to, you know, the snake like a, you know, question mark. He begins to raise questions, questioning God's word, God's revelation, and most of all, God's goodness. Is that true that God is so good? I, you know what, you think so, but look at the facts. He's holding something from you because he doesn't want you to have the best. He doesn't have your best interest in your life. You have to take care of yourself. Nobody has the best interest of you in mind except you. So you get to to be in charge of that. That's a Satan's thing, right? And the second thing I want you to notice, and it's more subtle. He always operates from the mindset of insufficiency, shortage, deficiency. And he comes to you. I know. I don't know your life circumstances, but I know that most of the times he comes to you showing you a picture of insufficiency, deficiency, something that you're short of. He is telling you, look, you're not complete. You're deficient. And basically, he also gives you a promise. He gives you a promise how to fix it, how to become complete. He shows you, he points you to something and says, you just need this. And that will make you complete. That's how advertisement business is designed, basically. It always happens. <clears throat> and just by, by, by seeing those traits, you realize it smells like Satan has been here. So every time you find yourself in this mi- mindset of deficiency and a promise of something that will fix it, hey, step back. Turn to God. You are called to live and operate not from deficiency, but from fullness. Yeah. Yeah. You've been translated, transferred uh, into the source of all good things. Well, anyway, it's, it's a side note. Okay. It's a good side note. I agree with you, Derek. Dennis is a good preacher, I heard. But I want you to see that what happened there in that story when Eve took the food is is profoundly symbolic. She didn't just do something wrong. She didn't just violate God's commandment, which is true. She did. But she took it in. She ate it. And something has shifted in her. She ate it, and it says all of a sudden she begins to see something that she hasn't seen before. Adam ate it; it became an internal problem, and immediately he begins to see things differently. He begins to feel ashamed, fearful, anxious, depressed, probably running away from God. He begins to cover himself. He begins to imme- immediately. He begins to get busy to create something. To cover who he truly was and he knew it. So that he would create a false perception, false identity for others to see. Do you see that? In the very, very beginning of the story of mankind. Identity matters. So sin is not something that she, Eve, has done. She becomes sin. Sin is not something that we have done. We, in Adam, when he fell, we, our very identity, our very nature, we became sin. Something that is, that is very opposite of who God is and what He had in mind for us when He created us. All right? And you know, you can see it all over. I traveled the world, I've been to Asia, I've been to Middle East, I've been to many parts of Russia, I've been to European countries, everywhere it manifests from tragic to funny. I like funny, I like comedy. You know, how people, no matter where I come, I come to a country where everybody has a dark complexion, everybody's buying special soap to make their skin lighter. You know, you come to a place dominated with people with curly hair, they straighten it, they straighten it. You have a straight hair, I'm going to curl it. The worst thing was happening in the 80s. I don't know whether it happened here in America, it happened in Russia. Bold men who lose their hair, they would grow this flap, put it on top, and somehow believe that people think they have hair. And then the wind blows. You know, it's it's funny, it it is funny. But these are funny sides of it, but there are tragic sides of it. What it shows, both from funny to tragic, that they know That something's wrong with them, and they're trying to fix it with external things. The problem is internal, but they're trying to fix it with, like, loinclothes. And that's religion, too. You know, if you're rotten and you do this, you don't become like a hairy dude. You become silly dude. Well, anyway, I'm not going there. that's what we've been doing ever since so the deepest problem of every person born into this world as a descendant of Adam and Eve is not what they do but what they are and that's what Neil explained to us several messages ago he was talking about dandelion dandelions Uh, dandelions sorry my Russian you have to yeah I only use my heavy Russian accent in dangerous situations So dandelions, remember he was talking about dandelions and the root and the flower, and if you keep killing flowers, you're not doing any good, you're actually spreading it. You need to kill the root, so the root that what happened at the fall of human race, we became sin, we became something that the very opposite to the nature of God, and we are aware of that actually. So that's the real problem. So my next question is, how does the gospel say this problem has been fixed by Christ? And that's, I want you to pay attention here. Romans 6.1, let's, let's just listen to what Paul says. Listen to that and compare it to the gospel that you believe. Romans 6.1, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means, or as Neil Haney's translation says, heck no. How can we, listen to that, how can we who died to sin still live in it? For if we have been, listen to that, united with Him in death like His, we shall certainly be united with Him in a resurrection like His. We know that, listen to that, we know. My question to you, do you know? We know that our old self was crucified with Him. Your old self was crucified with him. Do you know? My question to you and to myself. Very often we act like ugly ducklings who do not know. Who still believe that we have this whole rotten identity. And we, that's who we are. And we keep doing this. We keep doing this. And Satan is happy. Because we believe a lie. We don't believe the gospel. We we feel we believe truncated gospel. The gospel that Jesus just forgave our sins and gave us a clean slate and like we have a second chance. You blew it already. If you only have a second chance, you blew it already. I'm telling you, and you know it. It's not that. So we know that our soul, all self, was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be. Listen to that. Brought to nothing. That's the gospel so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin for one who has died has been set free from sin now if we have died with Christ we believe that we will also live with him you have died if you don't get it i'll say one more time you your old you your old self has died this guy died New guy has been born in Christ Jesus. Paul does not speak here of a substitutionary language. He speaks of a union. This mystical, hard-to-comprehend union. I was in Israel. I was in the tomb that is supposedly Jesus' tomb because they have two. I don't know. Uh, But I, I went to one of them, and I remember this New Testament words of Paul from the book of Romans. And I realized somehow, I don't get it how, but somehow this is my grave. I've been at my gravesite. If you ever go to Israel, go to the tomb and you'll be at your gravesite. And you also will be at your resurrection site. I don't know how it works. Don't ask me. Go study the Bible. I have no clue. I mean, I have some ideas, but no, it's, it's hard to comprehend. But this is the gospel and it works. Romans 6, 1, 8. No, I already read that. So we are with him. So what happened as a result of that? What is the outcome? The Bible says the outcome, we can see it here. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For our sake He, God, listen to that, God made Jesus to be sin. I'm quoting the Bible. God made Christ to be sin, who knew no sin, that in Him... We might become the righteousness of God. That's the gospel. This verse can be summarized this way. God made Jesus who we were. So we could become who he was. We were sin. That was our identity. Sin lived inside of us as an active force. It had changed our original nature. That's a bad news. And the good news, Jesus was made into our nature so that we could be made into Him. Does it sound too radical for you? Does it sound like almost a heresy? It is to a religious ear, but it's not to, the, to someone who begins to read the gospel. So you would hear often, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, don't say that, please. Don't. If you read the book of Ephesians, first three chapters, carefully, and take two markers, two different colors, and mark statements that Paul makes about who you were, and who, and different color for who you are now. And you will see that you will have a lot of two different colors there. And if, if those two colors are not in your mind, you're not just color blind, you're truth blind. And you are ugly duckling. And you do not live in the fullness of what God has for you. And people around you do not receive from God through you what they are supposed to receive from you. Through you. Alright? Am I too heavy today for you? I'm always too heavy. I'm Russian, you know. Yeah. 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 That's a good news. Somehow I even turn good news into heavy stuff. That's a gift of Russians. (laughs) okay what's the outcome i already said oh let's read oh this is a precious verse you should learn it by heart just if you forget everything i said just remember this verse and just every once in a while just think about it and try to unpack it for yourself second corinthians 5 17 therefore remember pastor linden good who's preached on therefore that's the same therefore Therefore, because of all all that happened that I described to you with Adam and Eve and then with Christ. Therefore, here's therefore. Right after that comes the summary. Listen to that. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Perfect sense of past. Behold, in Luke. Look up. The new has come, and the coolest thing is there are two words in Greek New Testament, New Testament Greek, that can be rendered as new. One is kainos, another one is uh, how, how does it go? Kainos and neos. Neos is uh, new in respect to time, newer version of something. For example, you love Nike shoes. For example, particular kind of Nike shoes. Or any, there's no product placement. Choose any brand you want to. So, you love them so much, but you, you wear them out. There's wear and tear, and finally you decide to go for the new pair, and you get exactly the same kind, but the new pair. That's, uh, I believe that's Neos. Uh, just new in, in, uh, in respect to time. Here comes the different one, Kynos. Kynos means, yeah, it's whole different Kind of a thing. You just didn't get a new version of the same thing. It's a different thing. Different thing. Different thing. I was going originally to use a, an example of a caterpillar that is ugly and eats your tomatoes and you hate it and then it turns into somehow in a beautiful butterfly. It's a good example, but it's not even that sufficient because it's a different kind of species. It's not a caterpillar becoming butterfly. It's like a whole different story. You know, I'm going to bring it down to the main point. Who are you today? I'm going to put this on steroids right now so you'll get it. You can call me heretic. You are Christ Jesus today. What? Yes, you are. You are the body of Christ. The only way most of the people in Springfield, Ohio will experience touch of God is through Christ who walks through Springfield in your form and shape. If you hold on to the head you become his member and the grace of God and the fellowship eternal fellowship of the heart of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit begins to operate and flow through you you become a holy people of God remember the whole remember I told you my definition of the church anybody remembers it please come on people I'm so disappointed in you what thank you my wife is awesome Holy people with dirty feet. Yeah. You, you know, remember, you, you need to be with other God's people. Because that's the only way somebody will wash your feet. And you will wash somebody's feet. But to the world, you are Christ Jesus somehow. Because you died with Him. You rose with Him. And now, you are the temple that Phil was talking about. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You, you cannot even begin to experience that if you still are ashamed of yourself. You understand why it's so important to get rid of this ugly duckling syndrome hey dennis are you saying that you can't do anything embarrassing or shameful yes i can fully capable of but i will never identify myself with this anymore that's not my nature that's not my identity you know i need to point your attention to something some english translations Thanks God to those translation for those translation. But some of them, including NIV, they made a big mistake. They translated the word flesh as sinful nature. And they created a huge theological problem because you read your New Testament in English and you think it talks to you that you still have a sinful nature. You know what? Nature is a strong word, it's something that defines you that determines who you are that tells you that you can't live any different because that's your nature and somehow you read it in the new testament and it says you have sinful nature if you read carefully what i just read to you from the from the book of romans no you don't it's It's been crucified. It's been put to death. You are a new creation. Not neos. Not just renewed. Not just polished and touched up by the paint like an old house. No. The house was demolished. The new one has been raised. That's who you are. That's why, yes, I can do something bad. And I do something bad. And I hurt people around me. That's not my true identity. I am. Member of the body of Christ. You are a member of the body of Christ. And I I think I said enough. But I just want to make it practical somehow. So I want you to like grab those markers. Study the epistles of Paul. Especially you can start even today or tomorrow. The book of Ephesians. Read carefully the first three chapters. Even do that what I just came up with. Those two markers. Try that. And begin to preach to yourself. Begin to speak these words to yourself. Because these are the words of truth. And it will feel awkward. It will feel, it will feel I'll promise you, it will feel like you're saying the truth. Okay, here's the important thing. In, in, in 70s and 80s in America, and it's still there in Yellow Springs, there was a belief. There was a belief that you can like, if you just change your mind, and if you just say the words that are different from what you see and experience the reality will yield that's not true I'm sorry I'm gonna burst your bubble right now so if you think that I am preaching something like that you're wrong go to yellow springs don't come here please I mean I love people of yellow springs I'm just kidding and joking what I'm saying is the reality has changed already because of Christ and now you need to learn to reformat your thinking To think accordingly so you don't change reality by your thoughts you change your thoughts according to the revelation of the new reality that has come Kainos reality all right so how amazing is that i'm talking to you and you understand me several years ago if i would come and talk to you you will not understand anything because i did not know how to speak english i i learned how to speak english I had a good teacher, I taught myself, just kidding. <laughs> no, seriously, I taught myself English. But it's amazing, it's a, it's a process. There's a learning curve, it's, a, it's difficult first, but then somehow you work hard, you enlarge your, uh, increase your vocabulary, you make those flashcards, and then you have a breakthrough. All of a sudden you understood something, piece of a conversation. Wow, I understood that, that is amazing. That's how it works. So, You need to learn new language, people. You need to learn the language of the New Testament, the gospel, the good news. That seems to be too good to be true, but it's true. And you need to teach yourself to say these things, to believe these things, to share these things, and to think in light of these things. And then one day will come and you will difficult time will come a a, a test will come a trial will come and all of a sudden instead of going to satan speaking about deficiency and what is that is is going to fix it you'll say hey jesus christ has made me new i operate from the fullness because i am i'm attached to god so much that nobody can detach me from him anymore I'm not somebody surrounded by problems. I'm an answer to problems. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information about our church, visit vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge.